What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. Wrestling Inc. Podcast live and in living color. As we are here, uh, 10, 10 p.m. East Coast time on Wednesday night. And uh, wherever you might be in the world right now, or if you're checking it out after the fact, we love you and we thank you. It is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am your host, Justin Labar, being joined with my normal Wednesday night troublemakers. Uh, it's Wednesday, so they, they, they you, 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 to sit with them, you got to wear pink. I'm obviously going to be uh, uh, kicked out here sooner or later. Let's start with former WWE referee for more than 20 years, north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing good. Like you said, representing the Hart Foundation, the pink, pink and black attack. Let's put it that way. Pink and black attack, and we got some all, all Canadian here. And we got some news tonight about uh, one of the one of the great Hart family members that we'll get to in just a little bit. And as I have Jimmy north of us, let's then go south of the border down to beautiful Puerto Rico, where we have our demon diva Isa. Good evening, Madame. Good evening, good evening, sir. Maybe by next Wednesday I can get all of us in pink. That's my ultimate goal here. Okay. <laughs> in the words of the WWF. Any, what, what was the, what was the uh, anything is possible or never say anything never is possible. anything is possible yep. 
Whatever it was, whatever that saying the Vince used to say, anything's <laughs> possible. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about as we have a, uh, a very busy AEW Dynamite. Uh, if you uh, saw the final seconds, you can tell they were really up against the gun. Had a lot to pack in tonight that we will unpack with our uh, analysis and debate. But first, let's get into some of the news headlines that you can find on Wrestling Inc. Plenty of them. We're giving you just some of the uh, top-level highlights, so make sure you check out Wrestling Inc. to get the full scoop. Uh, let's start with the one WWE piece of news that we will uh, hit tonight on the podcast. This one, uh, pretty saucy coming from the courtroom. A former writer, former WWE creative writer, Brittany Abrahams, uh, she is suing WWE and Vince McMahon on claims of discrimination and retaliation uh, as, as related to her employment there. She uh, joined them in 2020. She was dismissed in April of 2022. There's a lot in this. Um, we could do an entire podcast if we had a legal prowess uh, to talk about this but we'll keep it high level but basically the highlights here uh she is in the filing is talking about how there were uh, a lot of uh racial and gender stereotypes that were being tossed around in the creative room uh for content on television uh, she talks about comments that she bore with us to in slack conversations she talks about um uh, how she was then supposedly she let it dismissed in April 2022 fired after taking a WrestleMania commemorative chair, which she says Caucasian male writers also did. And it was a normal thing and we're not punished for. So uh, a lot here the, uh, really gets into some crazy stuff with the uh, claims of what was being pitched in terms of, um, uh, you know, different uh, the stereotypes. Uh, racial stereotypes. The, the the one that probably is grabbed the most attention if you read What happened? He just, I think he just froze on us. Yeah, he froze on as us. He was, as he was delivering the news, I'm pretty sure he was going to um, talk about uh, some of the some of the headlines that were made. I don't know if you saw it, Jimmy. There was a a, a pitch of a Muslim character like yeah. that was supposed to like be involved in like 9-11. Like, there was a lot of really tasteless things that came mm. out in this lawsuit. Did you have a chance to kind of like read over it? I kind of read over it, and you know, again, it's one of those situations where uh, it, it's it's times have changed, especially in the world today. And uh, things that you used to do on television, yes, and uh, I know people hate this term, but pro wrestling is weekly episodic television. And yes, over the years, they've used uh, gender and racial stereotypes and characters. It's just been a part of the business forever, and it just people are now more aware of it and in tune with it. And I hate to use this comparison, but back in the day, one of the top rated comedies sitcoms on all of all time was all in the family based on a racist who lived in, in, in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but times have changed and now you can't even see that. I was watching TV the other day and they had oh. a disclaimer on before a, a, an episode of Gilligan's Island on this <laughs> whole thing, because in the episode they had these stereotypical natives and a, a Japanese fighter pilot who, who, you know, crash landed in World War II and was hiding out on the island and stuff like that. So the times have changed now. It's, it's right. got to be a little more different. But again, I don't want to make it. He said, she said, but right. You know, I think I know. think you froze Labar during the part. I yeah. believe you were going to share about the 9/11 pitch. Am I right? Yeah. See, this is what happens. When I don't wear pink. I get I get I get literally booted <laughs> off of this. 
Yeah, the, 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 the big, the biggest stereotypical, uh, right. the, 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 the biggest accusation coming up with Mansoor, who is the Saudi Arabian uh, talent under uh, with WWE, and the, there was a pitch that's you know maybe he has a, that he's involved in a relationship with Aaliyah, but that he has a secret, um, and one of the secrets pitched or proposed was that he um, was 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 part of the 9/11 attacks. Um, so it, it some really heavy stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, Issa, I'll, I'll start with you here. Um, what do you make of this? Because I guess there's some argument of like, you know, some of this stuff should have never even been pitched. But then there's other arguments that like, we don't know all the crazy things that get thrown around in a creative room uh, that never ever makes air. So like, is it fair? For yeah. us to, is it fair for us to judge creative conversations that are technically private behind closed doors? Yeah, me and Jimmy were just talking about how times have changed, right? These are things that maybe back in the day could have been pitched and gotten away with. But a lot of the things that I've read we're very current. We're talking, like you said, Mansoor, Bianca Belair. We're talking about recently, right? I feel like this is big. Would it being a legal matter? Was this being pitched for a character? Then maybe it doesn't. I know legally it might not come off as what people think it will come off because you're pitching it for a fictional fictional character. Therefore, it's not signs of, of you. You see what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I, I can't speak the legal lingo, but you get my point. If I'm pitching this for a for a fictional character. I'm not being racist, even though there is shades of it. So I feel like we got to like look more into it. But I think that there's some things that are common sense. Like that whole 9-11 thing was the biggest WTF for me. But I feel like we don't know every side to every story here. So I think we're going to have to just let it develop. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, how big of a deal is this? Obviously, the company going under, you know, underway with the merger here. Um, Vince back in the... In, in the public eye, rightly or wrongly, uh, how how big of a deal is this? It's 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 a bigger deal now because people are, are more offended. Uh, and and I'm not saying nothing offensive was pitched. I'm just saying that people are more easily offended now these days because, as I was telling Issa before, you froze up there. The wrestling industry for over a hundred years has been based on, uh, you know, you know, gender and racial stereotypes. Over the years, you know, that's like saying, Jimmy, I'm surprised you don't own a restaurant being of Greek descent, you know, that kind of stuff as a joke. But again, in weekly episodic television, you have characters based on gender and and, you know, ethnicity. And it's, it's just that now that people are more offended. I was telling Isa, too. And I know the, the people listening here, you can see I, I was recently watching an old episode of Gilligan's Island and they ran a disclaimer before it. Because there was the stereotypical natives on the island, you know, with the with the grass skirts and stuff like that, and and a Japanese fighter pilot from World War II who had crash landed and didn't know the war was over, you know, and, and stuff like that. And look at the look at the sitcoms back in the day. You had All in the Family. You had oh, stuff yeah. like that. Hey, let's you know talk about I mean? wrestling itself back in the day and some of those big storylines that that made headlines that were not yeah. politically correct at all. Mm-hmm. Ted, Ted DiBiase had Virgil as his personal <laughs> slave. I mean, yeah. Nation of Domination, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of really not appropriate things happening in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I can see somebody maybe saying, "Hey, it worked back then. Why don't we try something similar right now?" And maybe somebody saying, "Hey, we can't get away with that now," you know. But mm-hmm. I can see people wanting to go back to what brought success. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but it's just, it's not a good look. Like you said, with the acquisition and everything happening, it's just not a good look. Yeah, not a good look. I mean, look, I mean, we, there's, uh, who knows some of the off the wall things get thrown around again in a private creative meeting 
and and then obviously cooler hits prevail. Okay, we're not going with that. We're not. That's not going to air. Or, or think about what a comedian does when they're probably writing their jokes with their team. Some of the things that don't that doesn't ever make it to air because it's like okay, we just can't mm. go that far. Um, so in one way, it's like you have to. I, I think there's a certain balance of like. Do, do do we judge WWE by somebody in the room pitching this out there? But whole other situation is is this, is this um, Brittany Abraham? It, it seems like she's she says she has a case here, and then she has a lot of other things, which again you can read about on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, so we'll see how it develops. But uh, certainly, it's not good any which way. Whether what it's not it's not a good headline any which way at this point in time, right? For WWE to be dealing with. Uh, all right, let's move over to some AEW news. This one uh, looks like that maybe the uh, AEW Dark Elevation show uh, is coming to an end. Uh, Fight TV uh, has a description out where it says of uh, Monday's this Monday's episode, this past Monday's episode, saying that it refers to the installment. Um, or excuse me, says that the special and final episode of Elevation is coming and uh, listing the matches that are there. So. This maybe not so much a surprise, Jimmy, because we know that they, of course, have Rampage, which is you know constantly in a, in a fight for its viewership, and then the uh, loudly rumored upon Saturday show that is going to be coming this summer. So uh, I, I'm not surprised, are you, that they would start to maybe cut some of these internet only shows? Not, not at all. And, and and you know, I've said this before. Like there, there is the argument to be made out there that there is just too much wrestling out there to watch. And there's people who can't watch the the programming that is on TV right now live, so they have to go back and stream it. So you've already got stuff streaming that you that the people aren't watching. You know, I don't know what the numbers are for 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 AEW Dark Elevation or whatever it's called, but you know, right now. The money is in television, not in the streaming service. Eventually, according to experts, it's going to head in that direction. But right now, that's not where the money is. And it is the wrestling business, after all. And, of course, the rumors we've heard out there with a new show coming out for Saturdays as well. Yeah, you got to save that time for when it counts and when it matters. Yeah, Issa, streaming is a real peculiar thing right now. It's worth this real shift in, 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 in media because you have to have a streaming element to be relevant, right? You have to have all your content uh, going to a stream. You know, e even cable, they'll say, you know, available the day before or available the next day on streaming. But yet, streaming does not lead the money. There's they, Nobody's figured out the process of how do you make a whole lot of money off of just streaming this one entity. Everything has to be a whole bunch of bundles of, of volume of content right. behind one paywall. So it, this is a real, we're at a real funny time right now uh, for I... wrestling and for everything. I love that you brought that up because I actually had that conversation earlier with someone where I was just like, eh, Elevation typically um, streams on, on AW's YouTube channel, right? Like they play there and you're looking at about, it averages anywhere from 75,000 views to about 140,000 views. That is nothing in YouTube revenue. And you're paying for some of these wrestlers to travel. You're paying them salaries. There is absolutely no way, based on what I know about YouTube, that they're making in ad revenue, what they're spending in producing this show. There's just absolutely no way. So, I mean, yeah, they're getting reps in the ring for some of the newer wrestlers or people joining, but you can do that without having a whole production team and a crowd and, and a camera crew behind them. So I, I will make the same decision, especially with a possibly new show coming up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's 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 why, you know, in terms of in the past, getting reps for guys and girls has been, okay, let's do dark matches before the big taping, before the Raw, before the SmackDown, before the Dynamite, because you're already there, so it's not costing you um, an additional amount the way that it is when you do a whole different show set right. up somewhere else in a studio in, in, in Florida or, or wherever. So, yeah, um, so we'll keep an eye on as, as AEW is certainly going through a shift of what they're 
uh, distribution and television is going to look like. But it looks like for all of you diehard uh, Dark Elevation uh, fans, go, go go get the best ofs on DVD because um, <laughs> it's going away. Go. There is All a right. best of elevation up on the AW YouTube channel right now. Yes, I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it's there. All right. <laughs> Our last news item before we get to dynamite, uh, probably the spiciest in terms of a uh, 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 backstage stuff, and it is that uh, Fightful Select is reporting that the meeting, the the much anticipated meeting that was going to happen between CM Punk and Chris Jericho uh, occurred last week. Wade Keller also confirming the meeting happened Friday in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and of course, that is, that is a few days before Punk does pop up backstage mm-hmm. at Raw, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. But um, according to the reports, the meeting was said to have been uh, you know, both unremarkable, given the animosity between Punk and Jericho leading up to it, while others described it as having going well. So bottom line, it seemed like everybody came out alive and, and nobody, uh, you know, nothing crazy broke out. Uh, of course, these two have had words from each other, both on the microphones and social media and what have you. Um, Jimmy, this seems like it was a necessary step if Punk is, in fact, going to be returning to the road and returning to TV soon. And we've even talked about there's a rumor that maybe Punk and Jericho will be the first program uh, for Punk once he is back. Uh, what do you make of news like this? This is certainly not the first sit-down that a Booker's had to have with uh, his talents. No, absolutely not. And there's a history of uh, uh, talent not getting along, but they put their differences aside to for the better of business and for both of them to make some money out of it. It's, and it's even more now because those, those backstage interactions back in the past didn't get out to the public like they do nowadays. You know, it's out there on the internet. Everybody reads it. And, oh, did you see what so-and-so said on Twitter? Did you see what so-and-so replied? My goodness, look what's going on. And then they have this meeting. And then, like you said, Justin, the, the thing that, that triggered me was interesting that punk would show up in Chicago at the raw show to say hello to friends backstage, the timing of it was interesting and you knew it was going to get out there. Yeah. So I think it was um, intentional. I don't think it was done to, to, to create controversy. I think it was more done to create uh, a buzz. A buzz. Yeah. I think he wanted to meet Bad Bunny, Jimmy. Honestly. Yeah. Isa, <laughs> Isa, I didn't get to talk to you about this. I talked with Jimmy some about Monday, but um yeah, I mean, Punk knew what he was doing here, showing up Monday backstage. I mean, look, uh, uh, if if security footage of Ricky Starks being with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania can leak, you know CM Punk showing up backstage at a Raw is going to leak. And I found it quite interesting that Punk left in January of 2014. WWE has ran no less than two shows a year in Chicago since. Yeah, and he, he shows up to this, this one. one, given all the things going on right now. Oh, yeah. I thought quite uh, Worker is going to work. Correct. I, I didn't get a chance to chat with you, but I did chat about it with Alfred and Glenn last night and I and I thought it was a publicity stunt. It's gonna it's gonna create some buzz. We have a lot of CM Punk talk right now. He knows how to play the game. hmm mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of talk of him coming back in Jan or uh, in June rather, and they're gonna do a Saturday show in Chicago and so You guys have fun covering that, huh? We're gonna <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna get me here on Saturday. <laughs> That was my first train of thought, right? I was like, all of us that do, that have things, you know, that cover this wrestling, how are we going to find staff to sit here on a Saturday night? We'll I see block, how I, I block off one Saturday a month, and that's usually for the WWE pay-per-views. I don't know. I don't right. Know <laughs> all right. So those are your news headlines uh, from WrestlingInc.com. Uh, big, big thanks to everybody who is in the chat, uh, live chatting it up. All the regulars are there. We appreciate it. And if you are here live, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a nice community 
watching along uh, both AEW Dynamite and now here the podcast. If you're checking us out after the fact on demand, video or audio only, appreciate it as well. No matter what you do, please leave a, uh, a like, a comment, uh, subscribe, follow, whatever the platform is calling for you to do. We really appreciate it as we're continuing to grow this podcast, which is damn near seven days a week at this point, as he as was just joking with the expansion of all the programming that's going on in wrestling. Uh, we are checking in with you quite regularly. All right, let's get to Dynamite. Coming to you from Sunrise, Florida. Uh, some say it's Sunrise. Some say it's Fort Lauderdale. Nonetheless, they're in Florida. Uh, AEW Dynamite tonight. We kick it off with the AEW International Champion with his 20th title defense. It is Orange Cassidy up against Bandito. Nice little touch on Orange's entrance with the very meh, we'll call it limp, pyro. That just kind of yeah. <laughs> sporadically shot out. I thought that fit well. Uh, face versus face match here. Ultimately, though, uh, Orange Cassidy is going to get the win. And then a show of friendship afterwards. He gives, uh, gives a, a pair of shades to Bandito. And then we even see a little comedy interaction backstage with Renee not long after but jimmy's story here is orange cassidy uh right there with uh right there behind jade cargill in terms of uh most title defenses in the company uh another chapter in the orange cassidy title reign what make of this no it's the match as far as the match goes the match was fine especially considering like you said there were two baby faces and it's you know sometimes it's a little difficult you, you you want the crowd cheering somebody and booing somebody wanting somebody to get beat but as far as oh, oh orange cassidy's title reign for as long as it's been it's interesting you know what I, I get it people are into his character it's not for everybody it's not my cup of tea but i see people liking it and enjoying it and that's fine but who is it the vast majority is it just that hardcore audience i don't know if he's growing his audience with that character and that's the thing yes he's been a champion he's been a champion for a while he's defending the title regularly it almost seems like he's last couple of weeks he's been the opening segment pretty much yeah you know so you get to see him at least and, yeah he's yeah, yeah, he's the Orange Cassidy. He kind of has like the he's kind of like the workers' champion in the sense of which, which is ironic because he's kind of like what I think of like the IC champion in the '90s for WWE or what I think of the TV champion for WCW in the '90s. He's he's on TV regularly. He's 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 putting in time in the matches. It's 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 ironic that he'd have like the workers' title given that his work is hands in his pocket and kind of is is a a parody of working. Um, what do you make of him? Like, could could Orange Cassidy ever evolve his character to the point to where you could like? consider putting the world title on him is he ever or is he strictly this niche of a of, of this title jimmy <laughs> this is where you have to be watching a live video to see jimmy's reactions when I uh, that face it at all i don't know um i i tend to i i i share this multiple times here on this podcast that the gimmick is not for me i get why he does it but he does get in the ring and i enjoy his in-ring work, right? When he's wrestling, I really enjoy it. That match with him and Osprey, I think about it more than I should, honestly. That being said, I thought Bandito had him tonight. Like, I thought Bandito looked way better than him, and that's rare because I always do like him in the ring, but I thought Bandito shined here, and, and I knew Orange Cassidy was going to walk away victorious. I wish we were not making these matches just to make matches. Like, I, I, there was a lot of decent wrestling tonight, but a lot of it felt like we're just making these matches to have matches out there, not because there's a story behind it. it it's hard to become invested. Um, but I don't see him in the world title picture. No. no well, I, I think I think he I think my, my question is he the character would have to evolve. You know, right. I mean, like, you know, you know, I think I think that we can look back at characters across a lot of promotions where, where they debuted. You're like, what's the shelf life here? And they managed to evolve. 
Um, yeah, Jimmy, I, I think, you know, with, with Orange Cassidy, I will say he does. He is kid friendly. Kids love to dress mm-hmm. up like him. So that next seems to connect. Um, I, what would you be more interested in seeing the babyface Orange Cassidy continue to evolve while keeping the principles of what makes him uh, interesting or an Orange Cassidy heel turn? What would a heel Orange Cassidy look like? Uh, that would be interesting, but that that I want to see further down the road because, like you said, there's an opportunity here to connect with kids and mm-hmm. because that character does resonate with a younger audience. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to draw in other than just that hardcore, diehard wrestling fan. You want to bring in more eyes, and that's what you can do with Orange Cassidy and having him uh, as the other champion as opposed to the main champion. Uh, you can do that. But as far as him turning heel, it would it would be very interesting to see. I would be very curious and, and interested to see that. But further down the line, let's let let the let the babyface run run its course. You always use uh, potatoes and food analogies. I'd say let's let the orange cassie continue to marinate. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> marinate. Oh. Marinate. <laughs> All right. Well, we move on to uh, somebody who is uh, rarely, uh, I talk about heel turn, somebody who's rarely uh, ever not a heel in pro wrestling, and that is Jeff Jarrett, uh, the 30 plus year veteran and the, the, the stemming from a family that's oh, got wait. over 70 years in pro wrestling. Can I, can I, can I just, I'm uh, sorry, I hate to do this to you, Justin, because I want to backtrack really quickly because after that, we, we had that segment with Adam Cole mm-hmm. and Renee in the back. A very serious segment, but then as soon as they're done with right. Adam Coley walks out of the picture, here comes uh, Orange Cassidy and and Bandito and make it a comedy segment. No, you had that serious moment. Let that serious moment be the end of that scene. Yeah, you could have had the Orange and Bandito interaction during the MJF and Sammy Guevara joking around backstage with Renee moment. Other day, I agree with you because I was like, damn, or like. Adam Cole looks determined, and then he completely threw you off yeah. when they came out and made you laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the and the com all, all it was was more comedy from Orange and Bandito, which they just did a moment ago in the ring. So that is right. a, a fair point. Um, right. uh, with that, Jimmy a Headlock heel saying Dan Housen excellently puts a curse on Cassidy, making him a heel. <laughs> that, that, that that would be how they probably turned towards yeah. Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quite honestly. All right. Uh, so like we was talking about heels here, Jeff Jarrett. Veteran in the business, uh, family stretched back decades in the pro wrestling business up against Dax Harwood. Uh, definitely old school would be two words to describe this match here. Two old school type performers. And, and even the way that they, uh, the, the way the match is laid out, the way they work, definitely had a slower, more old school pace. Uh, the referees, as Jared is making an entrance, do make the rest of his, uh, make, make Sanye, Mike J. Lee, they'll make Saddam all go to the back. So in theory, Jared's out there all by himself against Dax Harwood. But eventually, uh, Sanye Dutt would sneak his way out there, causing Dax to chase him around. That's going to have Dax then walk right in to uh, Jarrett's finisher, the stroke. Double J gets the win. Uh, Issa, Jeff Jarrett versus Dax Harwood. If I tell you uh, three hours ago they're having the match tonight, uh, do you predict that Jeff Jarrett gets the win? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because he gets the most oddest wins that don't count. All the time. Have you noticed that? Like, I don't even know how this happens. And then he ends up in the tag title picture, and then that's the match that he doesn't win. This is how they they done this with Jeff Jarrett a lot since he came to AW. But um, yeah, this is another match that I was. I guess there was a, a little bit of a story behind it with the Mark Briscoe attack last week. I yeah, forgot yeah. about it until mm-hmm. a little bit ago. But I'm just like very. The match was fine. I love the way that they work. You can tell they have a very similar style and they enjoy working with each other. They gave them time. But 
you you bring back FTR, they win the titles, and then you have Jeff Jarrett beat Dax. Like I I, I question this booking. Yeah, J- Jimmy, that's kind of Issa segueing for me. That when uh, they made this match last week, because uh, there was a little bit of history, you know, they're, they're, you know, and as she just put on, there's a story behind it, and they did even show a quick recap too, just to try to catch people up. So I appreciate all that. Mm-hmm. But when they told me last week, okay, the next week in Dynamite, we're gonna have Jarrett and a singles match against Dax. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Dax is newly signed, he's sticking around. Jeff Jarrett's a Hall of Famer. He's a veteran. I thought this was going to be a nice singles, credible building win. For I, I did not expect Jarrett to get, even though it was dirty, but I did not expect Jeff to get the win here. What What about you? Uh, I, I really kind of half expected it because I, I kind of see the direction that they tend to go in. That's the only reason why I, I kind of thought so. And, and once they came out at the beginning and, took all the entourage and made them leave the ring and leave Jarrett by himself. I knew somebody was going to come out and interfere. I just had that, that, that inkling, so to speak. And I don't have a problem with that. I just had a problem with the execution of it. It just didn't come off well because, you know, doing the, the, the trip of, uh, of Dax and stuff like that. And you could tell that the referee was intentionally trying not to see it and, and, yeah. and stuff like that kind of, you know, as someone who used to wear the striped shirt, it, it kind of, you have to do it you have to make it look like you're outsmarting the referee as, a, as opposed to putting the heat on the referee. Right. And that's the only problem they do is they do these ref distractions far too often. And sometimes it just, the execution is not there. And I didn't think it was with this finish. Yeah. Again, I thought with the, and the true to that, I thought again, the commentary's putting over, you know, double J, you know, 10 time world champion of the business and all these things. I'm like, all right, this is all just setting up the resume for Dax is going to beat him. And I also felt myself when they said that Jeff has been a 10 time world champion, in pro wrestling, I was trying to. I, I didn't have enough time because we're trying to keep up. I was like, I wonder how many of those times he was the booker. <laughs> That's ten title wins. Oh damn! <laughs> um, but, anyways, uh, fun stuff. Uh, so Jeff Jarrett gets the win against Dax, and uh, and that is that. Uh, we go to a Tony Khan announcement. TK getting a little FaceTime as he announces the return of the Owen Hart Cup. This, of course, in conjunction. Uh, in cooperation with the Owen Hart Memorial and Dr. Martha Hart. Uh, he talks about how it's going to kick off at Double or Nothing in Vegas. We're going to see uh, rounds and matches take place in Canada. And then this is all going to uh, the, culminate the finals in Calgary, of course, Owen's hometown, on July 15th. Issa, July 15th, if you look at your calendar, is a Saturday. So seemingly another uh, uh, confirmation, confirmation without official publication uh, that they are having a Saturday show arrive this summer. Uh, are you excited about another Owen Hart Cup tournament? I'm excited about what it represents, and I'm excited to hear Owen's name being mentioned and brought up and remembered. I am. Um, I just have to point out that it didn't do anything for Britt Baker and Adam Cole. I do understand that Adam Cole got injured shortly after winning, but it didn't. It didn't do anything other than them winning it but hey it represents something right i i'm i i forgot that it's been a year if i'm being honest when he announced that i'm like oh yeah it is that time of the year again you know so i'm very excited that that they're doing this and they're allowing you know to remember we're gonna get some banger matches we did last year but is it gonna mean anything other than a once a year thing where you get a nice celebration and then we don't mention it again i don't know yeah, Jimmy, they, and he also mentioned Tony Khan mentioned that uh, they will there will be matches in the tournament at the Forbidden Door show in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talking talk about the crossover with New Japan, they show archive footage of New Japan uh, from New Japan of Owen 
uh, very young in his career prior to his WWE days. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone, as a fellow Canadian, and as someone who, of course, knew Owen, uh, ref many of his matches, were, were friends with Owen, I don't think any of us would argue that the, it's great having his memory be alive and there being an, an, a, you know being represented and, and such. I, and I know this is out of Tony Khan's, out of his control. It's tough to have, to, for me as a fan of Owen Hart, it's tough to have an Owen Hart cup when you do have very limited f- footage to show of him. Then you, you have to pull a New Japan clip just because that obviously was not the pinnacle of his career. Of course, and again, that's not Tony Khan's fault. He, he's not going to get WWE's footage from him. But right. as, as, as somebody who takes us, as somebody who's far more closer to this and more personal than us with as it relates to Owen and his memory, how, do you, how does the Owen Hart cup come off to you in AEW? No, it's it, it's it's fine because it, it is it is in the memory of Owen Hart, and I don't want to think that there's an ulterior motive to putting this out there, other than you know Tony Khan being a big fan of Owen's back in the day and wanting to honor his memory. And you know that there is the issue, unfortunately, with uh, with uh, Owen's uh, Owen's wife Martha and and the WWE, and so unfortunately that still exists, and there's that little bit of tension there. So at least we're getting to remember someone and that, that's what I'm, I'm concentrating on. I don't want to think of the backstage politics and all this stuff. It's just, for me, it's just nice to see that he is being remembered and, and honored yeah, in some form or fashion. And like you said, I'd like to see, uh, you know, those winning the tournament get more out of it too, because you know, it, it is in my opinion, a big deal. Yeah. I mean, East is right. I mean, yeah, I, I, Cole got injured right after the, at the at, at Forbidden Door last year, I believe, is when the injury occurred. So, you know, there really wasn't a chance to capitalize on that. But you're right, even with Britt, I mean, it's like there's just it. You know, what what did you do with that, um, with with that, with that award, with that with that recognition? It, it yeah, really they didn't... don't they don't really even mention it. Like I like trying to recall yeah. to the times that Britt comes out with the matches that she had, even when Adam Cole was out, and I just don't remember them bringing up the fact that she won that frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say this last thing I'll say about the, the the Owen Hart situation as it relates to his footage, his whatever, uh, and, and neither of you have to reply if you don't want, especially Jimmy. <laughs> but I will say this: I, I I do hope that obviously Vince was in charge of WWE when Owen died, and terrible, 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 tragic, whatever. And, and Martha feels the way she feels, and who can you can't ever put yourself in her shoes. I do have a hope that maybe one day, if Triple H, one day if Triple H is the final say in WWE that there would be a willingness to hand over some footage or do some things to help better allow Owen's memory to be represented, even if it's not under the confines of WWE, or if it is under the confines of WWE, like, you know, maybe, you know, Triple H is just a talent when that, that tragic happened. And I don't think Martha Hart has any ill will to him. I don't know. That's always my thought is that maybe as we move on, is that maybe the, it's it's the least a, they could do. It's yeah, the cause... least they could do given the situation. I, I, I'm with you on that. I would even like, and I know it's never gonna happen, but a Hall of Fame, like, like, come to an agreement, put him in the Hall of Fame just to see that ceremony, just to see the the honor that will be paid to him. I don't know that we'll ever get it, but I think that's only something that we can hope, and it will probably put a better ending to 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 a story that ended so tragically right if we can come to some kind of terms with wwe because the way that we remember it right now is just not and that's why i appreciate tony khan doing this as much as i said oh he didn't do anything for adam cole you're talking backstage politics his name being mentioned and honor like you guys mentioned that's that's what really matters out of this yeah yeah and he said and i think that it would be possible again 
if one if there's one day when Vince is not in the picture anymore, WWE, that would be possible that maybe because because I think I think if I had to guess from all that we've seen and heard that Martha's issue really at the core comes back comes down to who was the decision maker at the time of the company, which was Vince. So that's just it would just be nice to have it to come to a closure with it in WWE. But like you said, yeah. the least that could be done is release the footage and let the family use it the way however they want. Right. Amen. So Owen Hart Cup. So uh, we'll have many, as he as said, we'll have many more banger matches in, in his uh, memory coming up here in the uh, yeah. weeks to come, kicking off at Double or Nothing. All right, TNT champion Wardlow up against. I have question mark. We didn't even get the. We didn't even get to the introduce the guy. <laughs> no, he got the job or entrance where he's already in the ring when we come back from commercial. But they, they usually at least go to a close up of him and give you a name graph. We didn't even get that. I don't even think they knew. Right. I think his name was written on the ass of his trunks, but he was on his back so much I couldn't ask out what the hell his name was. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to text Wardle a little bit and ask. ask you talk about old guy. school. This was old school squash match. Yeah. This, this was a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. on Superstar Squash. You match. love to see it. Love you to, love see, to it. see it. We don't get enough of those anymore. This, this was Superstar Squash match on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, four power bombs by Wardlow. Uh, he gets he gets the uh, very predictable win, and then uh, post match, Arn Anderson who's out there with him. Arn cuts a promo and he's talking about how the NFL draft is tomorrow, and number one picks can you know turn teams into dynasties, and refers to Wardlow as being that pick that is going to make that is AEW's dynasty uh which is kind of funny too because if you know anything about Arn Anderson he actually believes real sports are like all a work he thinks they're all right. like like yeah. pro wrestling so <laughs> I can only imagine what he thinks the the booking strategy of the draft is tomorrow but that all goes on and then Arn is interrupted by Christian Cage and Luchasaurus once again coming out and again now they come out which is fine they're teasing them in the ring they don't Christian starts holding back the big man but Jimmy we said this last week Wardlow had his big title win you could have just let him have the title win, and then this would have been this would have been fine to do this week and been a little bit of a surprise. Why the hell do we need to have Christian Luchasaurus come out last week to do the same damn thing, which is just a stare down? But nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy, is this is this Luchasaurus and Wardlow at double or nothing? Is that where we're timelining this? That's what it seems like. And if it isn't, then why do it? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, but again, like you said, it didn't need to happen last week. You should. It's it, it's again. I, trying to cram 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag, as I say every week here on Wednesday nights, because like you said, they did it last week when it didn't need to be done. Let the people enjoy the moment. Let the people absorb the title victory and say, Hey, we're getting our Wardlow back in some form of some form or fashion. Let that breathe. Let it marinate, as you said, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately they have to, you know, push everything, push, 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 push. I like the fact that they haven't really had an interaction yet and are teasing it, but at the same time, like you said, it could have been done this week and not done last week. Isa, you like the big men, the big meaty men slapping the meat here. Um, If, uh, how do you feel about this? Because, I mean, if, if, if we were to fantasy book, we would think that this is just a tall task for Wardlow and the big Luchasaurus. But Wardlow, I hope, would beat him and, and retains his title. He doesn't just lose it in a month from now. So what do you make of the this reintroduction of Luchasaurus, who's been off TV for a while, uh, who's a big man, who's got a menacing look? What, 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 what do you Normally, when you bring a guy like Luchasaurus back, you would want to put him in some matches and stories with smaller you know, guys that he could dominate. Um, but they're going this, this route with he and Wardlow, but, uh, but I know you like the big, medium, and slap of meat, so maybe you, maybe you think that this is worth it. What do you think here? I mean, I like... 
I like the booking. I think this is going to go into some weird direction with Christian and Luchasaurus. Um, I, I think that's how you maybe protect Luchasaurus because I would like to see Warlow walk away victorious in this field. I, I don't think you can keep doing this with the TNT title and pass yeah. it along the big meaty man every week, right? Um, but yeah, maybe maybe something with Christian and Luchasaurus, one of them turning on each other and, and building that. I got to tell you, when I saw them come out, like because of what you guys said, I was hoping to at least get a Christian promo. Like I miss his his promos are so savages and they get so much heat that I just missed that. And when he didn't talk, I can't help but to go back to what Jimmy said last week. And I was like, okay, so we could have Warlock win and celebrate last week and have this reveal this week without the nameless dude getting squashed. Mm-hmm. And it would have done the same thing. It would have done the same thing because they they didn't do much. I like Arn's um promo here, and and the, yeah, they're gonna make us wait. That's great, but it could have it could have been it could have been done differently if you're trying to like buy time onto double or nothing. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, um, you got to keep the world of momentum going. And uh, it's interesting again that, that, that the Luchasaurus is probably gonna be the first big name victim. Orlo needs to grow his hair out again. At least, <laughs> at least we hope that he's going to be the first big yeah. victim. Yeah, don't yeah. want a, a title change and then change back. I mean, look, look again. I guess the only explanation you could come up with is if, if you were to have him, if you were to heat Warlow back up here quickly, which they're trying, which they are doing. Obviously, tonight's squash match was key. They're they're trying to heat him back up quickly. If you're going to heat him back up, only to have him transition and drop that title over to a Luchasaurus and trying to make that big man, the only explanation would then be, okay, we tried to let Wardo rub over to Luchasaurus, and then Wardo's going to immediately move to a world title picture. That would be the only saving grace. I hate when a champion loses to move on to a different champion. Well, but what if he loses because Christian Cage is such a... Right, right. I, I you know, see what you're saying. You know. I see what you're saying. That would I be mean, only... I, I, I say it every week, and it's always in the back of my head, last person to beat NJF was Wardo, and I don't forget about that. I just need him to grow the hair. He's giving me I don't kiss on the first date vibes with that hair. <laughs> He's giving me I don't kiss on the first date vibes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Every week, there's always one of them. <laughs> there's always yeah. one. There's always one. There's always one. You guys um, know me. <laughs> we, we do. We do. Uh, that's a comment and a piece of analysis I would expect from my uh, former client, RJ City, who is backstage <laughs> getting ready to do his best interview work until the Black Bull Combat Club just sideswipes him. Mm-hmm. and knocks them down. Poor RJ. But one of the- In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Get that in there, Blackpool Combat Club, on the hunt for blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just brought that up because RJ deserves his uh, his mentions. Mm-hmm. We get a backstage with MJF and Sammy Guevara where they exchange oh Burberry scarves and custom vests. <laughs> they are all together as one. Sammy uh, just got to win this match tonight, and he's on to the main event of Double or Nothing and where the check is going to clear as long as he just lays down finger poke of doom style mm-hmm. for MJF. So that leads us to the Darby I Allen. D- I do got to say that <laughs> I got a huge pop out of MJF tweeting that they're paying for each other's uh, blue check marks <laughs> so they don't have to pay for their own. I thought mm-hmm. I, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I thought yeah, about it. pay for mine. <laughs> I've thought about paying. Look, I was I've been verified for the last decade. I've thought about paying for it because I will say this: paying for it, there actually is more benefits out of it than ever. You know, I hate the other benefits. But longer tweets, edit tweets, I could do. I, can't. I don't know. I, I like the way that I look at it, Lavar. Is like, I see your point. I think the edit mm-hmm. is the only one that's worth it. Anytime that I see that, read more. No. I'm like, uh, this is not a news article website. If I don't want to see a longer video, I'll go to YouTube for that. You see what I'm saying? Like Twitter. I do. Here's we've been on Twitter there. long enough. We used to we used to survive in 140 characters. Like, no. why do we need 2,000? No, I, I hear you. And the edit one is the biggest one. But here's yeah. the other thing: the fact that they are screwing with the algorithms. Yeah. I, I I joked about this, but I was kind of half serious. Excuse me. Last Monday was the first raw that I tweeted in a decade that I wasn't. I didn't have the the, the blue check mark. I could notice uh, a, a, a change in how my tweets were being picked up or not being picked up and, and the likes and the comments and the re- whatever. And so it's like, all right, if if the if the blue is going to automatically bump you up, upgrade you in the algorithm, so to speak, I'm like, well, what's the whole point of tweeting if you're not going to have anybody? But, uh, if, if it's going to help the exposure, which is what right. I have, which if I didn't do any of this, I wouldn't have Twitter at all. Correct. I only do it because of this. So it's like if I if the whole if the whole idea is to promote what I'm saying or what I'm doing, maybe that seven or eight. No, bucks that's a great know. point because I have never, not even once, I even tweeted out that I donated my eight dollars a month to a to a dog charity that I'm very passionate about because I rather give them my money, right? But I remember seeing a tweet from Elon Musk and he says check marks will now be prioritized. And I was like, wow, our tweets are gonna get lost in the bottom of the shuffle. And that right there, because we use Twitter to promote this. To promote yeah. what we're doing to promote everything that right there i will say will make you stop and say oh man do i need to pay for this mm-hmm. now because yeah. i don't you don't want to promote these links come check out the podcast come do this and nobody see it that's what i mean like mm-hmm. i mean i had the, the check for the last 10 years and i think jimmy you had one too and it's like mm-hmm. it was nice but it didn't it didn't it didn't do anything all it was right. was just a, a kind of a, a, a shallow status thing i guess yeah but like now it actually could if it actually is going to help my tweets get boosted, mm-hmm. right so I'm kind of thinking. I don't know. Thinking. All right, but I want to think. I want to let you guys know that I'm with you during this time of loss. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll pay for your check mark, Isa. There you go. I'll pay for yours. <laughs> oh, good. Good. It'll, it'll all come out in the wash. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. All right. Darby Allen versus Sammy Kavar. MJF's on commentary with his kosher pickles. Uh, munching on those. Him and Taz. Um, uh, you know, again, obviously the whole thing here is, is is MJF, you know, just putting over Sammy, this and that. Sammy hits a wild 630. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Hits a 630 
you know, senton off the top onto the outside, onto Darby through a table, which I found ironic <laughs> given the deleted tweet that MJF had this past week. Yeah. Where if you missed it, he's basically saying, forget trying to go out there and do all these crazy things for banger matches. Fans don't even realize that as something as simple and routine as a you know, body slam, if it goes wrong, somebody can get paralyzed on. So just stop, you know, stop chasing that clout. Just focus on the art of, of working pro wrestling. So I found it very, and he, he has since deleted it, but I found it very ironic that he tweeted that. And then this whole gimmick in the segment is to be kissing Sammy's ass and Sammy does something that could kill him. Right. I just, oh I couldn't help God, but he was which, so which, beautiful. which technically speaking should have been a DQ, but. Ooh. Don't start. See, I didn't think about I know we're getting to all of it. I didn't think about that, Jimmy. What I thought about was that the ref was not counting the entire time. And mm-hmm. then after he hits that, he's up to five. I'm like, start the count then so he can at least sell it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like you're up to five. He had to like run into the I would have rather seen that being sold all the way onto nine point nine before he ran into the ring. Like it was weird. Right. No, he could he could have there there's an instance where he could have fudged the numbers a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, and they didn't. So eh. Yeah, so big moment here. Um finally though, the finish comes to where MJF comes down to the ring. Ref is distracted. MJF gives Darby his skateboard. <laughs> And then Sammy does the old Eddie Guerrero plays dead. I lie, I cheat, I steal. <laughs> ref, ref turns around, sees Sammy down, Darby with a skateboard, calls for the DQ. We can all see the problem here. Yep. If earlier, you can't. earlier, yeah. if you can't, yeah. Earlier, I mean, even earlier, you go through a table, it was not a DQ, you know, whatever, that should be a DQ. It's like, and I tweeted this, and, and Jimmy, I'll talk to you as the referee here. Uh, ultimately, though, so it ends up being, first off, before we get to the post match aftermath. Mm-hmm. which does try to correct things, but it's still, it's like, why did you choose this path of, of the way to go? So ultimately the call here is jungle boy, or excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Darby gets uh, disqualified, right? Sammy's the winner. So it's Sammy versus MJF. So we think, mm-hmm. and, and Jimmy, it, it is, this is where AEW traps themselves that they, 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 they ref most matches as if there's no DQ. And then they try to have in a pivotal number one contenders match, essentially, Mm-hmm. Call go with a DQ when the ref didn't even see it. He didn't even see it, and they're trying to say that he's going to go. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. That's see, see. I, I, don't get me wrong. Again, the spot is a fun spot to do in the right circumstance, especially when you have like back in the day with the lie, cheat, and seal stuff with Eddie, which I got to do that a few times with. It's it's awesome when it's meant when it means something. The in pop, this case, the like you, yeah, it's it's incredible. But in this case, like you said, you had that big moment off the top through the table, which technically should have been a DQ because you know who pulled the table out? Sammy did. Who put who put the uh, Darby on the table? Sammy did. Who splashed who through the table? Sammy did. That's a DQ. Bottom line, you can try and say, well, referee's discretion. Like, no, not in this case. That's a blatant DQ. And then he DQs him for something he thinks he heard, he may have heard and didn't see. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. It, it, it's just it's just mind-boggling. I almost want someone to take a screwdriver to me sometimes. <laughs> all right, so Issa, so after this, so they so they so they do all this. It, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a dusty finish in the sense of the story. Right. They, they try to tell us that this is going to be the uh, now we're going to get this big finger poke of doom and Sammy and MJF outsmarted everybody. Tony Schiavone gets word from Tony Khan that, no, it's not going to be this. Next week is going to be a tag match. You two are going to face Jungle Boy and Darby. And if Jungle Boy and Darby beat you 
it is going to be a fatal four-way, um, which is what the people want. It's it, right. You know, stack the odds. Against it's what MJF. we're going to get. Yeah, it's what we're going to get. And obviously, you know, backstage, MJF's pissed off. He gets in a car, tells Sammy there's no room in the car when there obviously <laughs> is. So obviously, we're, le- we're, we're we're leaning towards or we're leading towards. Excuse me. Um, MJF is going to blame Sammy for correct their loss next week. So, do you like the story? How we how do you like the path of how? At the start of the promo weeks ago, we thought Fatal Four Way. They they took us down this tournament, only for us to probably get to Fatal Four Way anyways. Do you like that, or was this just a yeah. bu- a bullshit way of killing time? I I mean, it's it's if you're gonna kill time, the best way to do it is what a few, few swerves. No, yeah, it's better that than just get straight to the point. I I do like how they did it, and in the in the in the fans' perspective, I I. You see a DQ in, in AEW, and I guess while it was done very wrong, it was a little bit shocking because you don't see them, and that's that's I guess I give them credit for that. You don't see it all the time, so everybody just stays so shocked that it even happened. But I am I'm I'm I thought the match was a banger. I'm excited. I guess does that mean it's a three match tournament now instead of a two match tournament? I'm not sure, <laughs> but yeah, I think like. Uh, if we're going to look what they're doing with Luchasaurus and, and Warlow, for example, we just talked about that, right? Just another stare down. No, at least give us a couple of swerves before we get to where we're going to get. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like this. I like this. I like the, the weaving of the story here, but uh, I think we all agree at the end of the day. Um, I don't give any of those three a damn chance to, to take the title off of MGF, um, which makes me wonder. Does Tony Khan see that? Can he sense that? Like, is this going to be the main event of Double or Nothing? And if it is, is it that predictable and straightforward? Or does MJF win it? And is there a big swerve, bro, at the end? Like, does mm. does, 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 does a Wardlow come out? Or does somebody come out? Like, I'm, I'm really curious if, if Tony Sam Khan... Punk. Punk, right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering what Tony is seeing right now. Mm. Uh, what What is the Wonder Kid seeing right now? How are we... You know. I mean, there's a lot of buzzing about CM Punk. And if you think about it, CM Punk was the champ and he was going to face MJF. That's where he left when the whole yeah. thing went down. So that would be a way to bring him back. I will say one thing out of the times that AW has been here when I'm watching him backstage with Sammy. As funny as the interaction was, I couldn't help but to think this is one of the least favorite things MJF has ever done in my like for me. And I love MJF. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. feel elevated in right. this in this particular but I, field. But like you said, I do like that idea that if it is going to be Punk coming out at the end, you know, just have him do like he did before, walk out after the match, after everything that seems to have be be going to black, so to speak, come out on stage and sit cross-legged. Yeah. And just sit there. Amazing. Yeah. And then MJF can go do a post press conference and let's see what he says in a post press conference about PG. No, no, no. We're we're gonna stop doing the press conferences once Punk comes back. <laughs> uh well, you know, I wonder. Adam Hopkins is the new uh he's there. I wonder if he, he would tell Tony the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, he'll he'll make sure he knows who to send out there. He'll give yeah. media training to the people that are going out to do mm-hmm. the press conferences because they're professionals and that's how they do it. There you go. It's true. <laughs> yeah, well, good, good luck media training to CM Punk from this point on, I think. Yeah, no, that's us. He's not going to learn. He's an old dog. Just yeah. send, send what, Darby or the, these young kids. They can go to media training. Right. Yeah. All right, Adam Cole, he's on the hunt for Chris Jericho. He comes out, he calls <laughs> out Jericho uh, front and center. 
Uh, Jericho's backstage. He's demeaning Cole for allowing Britt Baker to be the victim of that attack. This was and so funny. This was doing, so funny. Not doing anything about. I don't want to even be in the ring with you, pal. You're just a piece of crap. But hey, I'll tell you, <laughs> I got four guys who do. And here comes the JS. It's four on one. And he'll, here, here comes the new, the new buddy couple of Orange Cassidy and Bandito. Mm-hmm. Now it's four on three. And then music hits. Nobody knows whose music it is. Which video is this? And Roderick Strong, of course, linked to Adam Cole many a ways. And last we knew was still under WWE contract, but not no more. Roderick Strong comes out to even the odds and helps save his buddy Adam Cole. Um, Issa, there's history here. Obviously, Roderick Strong linked with Adam Cole. They did get a pop in the moment. They hugged. Uh, it is a little bit interesting because we did not know what his status was with WWE. WWE been very mums on the word. But I also would say, and I want to ask you this, that's probably the biggest pop Roderick Strong can get. I think that's probably the pinnacle yeah. of the pop from this point on. <laughs> Sorry to Roddy. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I love what I love Jericho's promo. Like, I'm sorry, I popped for it when he was like, I don't want to be near you. You let Brit get beat up like that. I was like, that's low. Um, shout out to Roderick Strong and the fact that the, we can still have nice surprises in wrestling because, man, this does not get out. Nobody knew where Roddy oh, was. Nobody yeah. knew what the status of, the, of his contract was. So, so shout out. I get it, right? We work for Wrestling Inc. Everybody wants to break the news. But as I'm also a wrestling fan, you love those moments that you're just absolutely not expecting. When when mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy and Mandito came out, I was like, what they're doing here? Get out of here. Adam Cole's better off on his own. But Roddy <laughs> <laughs> and the story that he has and the hug, I thought this was beautiful. And I was very happy to have a nice non-spoiled surprise on AEW tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, again, no, no shot at Roddy, but it's probably the the peak of it. But <laughs> but 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 all respect, it was kept a secret. I know we we've all been. I've been wondering where what is the status of WWE. be. No, exactly. The you know hats off to them for keeping this quiet and not letting it get out. Or you know, uh, not quite like what the what WWE did when Cena returned and they tried to keep it quiet at Madison Square Garden for the uh, the Rumble, and they. They snuck him into the building with a sheet over him, but you could see the pumps. <laughs> you know. Anyways, um, no, no, don't, no, no, don't, don't. Hang on, because you were because that was uh, Rumble 08? I believe that was 08. Or were you was, still there? Were you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Side sidebar for a second. Okay. So, so you weren't out of the ring. You weren't one of the refs watching the eliminations. You're backstage. Um, no, this was before the match. Yeah, before. Okay, so into, so yeah. tell me, walk me, where are we in the day, and what do you see? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's getting close to showtime, and then this this car pulls up with dark windows and stuff like that, and somebody's cloaked coming out of the car, you know. But as he's coming out, you're seeing the Adidas pumps, and it, and not everybody saw it. I w- I just happened to be in the area where the car was dropping off this person, and I just. Ah, so that's who the guy was that they weren't telling us. <laughs> so what's be. yeah? So what's on the rundown? What's number thirty? Say is it just a, is it just a blank square? Just it's a blank blank square. Yeah, it's a blank uh, line. But wh- what does it say for who the winner is? Does it say who the winner is? It, it, they just said you know you'll know who the winner is because it'll okay. be the last one left basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. This I guess fun. for a rumble, it's a different beast, right? But yeah. That's fun. funny, though, because so much has changed, right? We've seen 
We seen videos of Adam Cole hiding in the back of an Uber. We seen them keeping AJ Styles with a hoodie on a bus behind. Like it's crazy. The the when 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 it works, man. Like what I one of the things that I fell in love with wrestling is just those unexpected surprise moments that you just don't know are gonna happen. Mm, like expect the unexpected, anything can happen. And when you get that, it just gives you back that feeling. You know, of course we all want to know the news first, right? But mm-hmm. you can't beat those surprises in wrestling. I, I loved the moment. I thought it was great and it made perfect sense. And having that reunion in the ring with them too, you know, you could see the emotion. Yeah. Everybody was feeling it. They didn't need to go to the segment afterwards. Again, <laughs> didn't let this moment breathe. Let the audience take it in because it was such a great moment. What is it? The QTV? Yes. Yeah. You didn't need to see Hobbs interrupt QTV and say things are going fine until you came along. Now fix it. No. After the commercial break, maybe. <laughs> but at least let yeah. the, let the people have this moment to. But if you think the commercial break. if you think about it, if you drop that, then you're not rushing at the end like they were. Well, and like I said, so yeah, this happens, and then, I don't know if it was right next, but it's somewhere in the next 15 minutes. I'll just bring it up. They do the normal. Let's throw all the graphics up for what's coming up on Rampage. What's coming up? I mean, it is so fast. I mean, the graphics are for each match are up for less than five seconds. Mm-hmm. And Excalibur, and the commentary is even joking, like, get him oxygen. Excalibur is trying to hang yeah. in there. To his credit, he's getting all the names right. He's not botching pronunciations. Get the details in. And I and I, and I tweeted, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Do they do these recap or promotional segments? Do they do them so fast? Is it a rib? on how fast can we get Excalibur to talk? Or is it just an obvious, like, this is how tight we're trying to cram 20 pounds? I think it's a pounds. rib. It has to be a rib at this point, right? I mean, it's, th- I mean, it was like, it was like, rid- like, yeah. it was ridiculous how. <laughs> a lot a of rest. times, a lot of times I feel like it's a rib or completely unnecessary because like one of the things that he said to this, like, more, more matches will be determined and announced in Rampage. I'm like, why are you even saying that? Like, that's not even mm. necessary to say at this point. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, shout out to Excalibur. He he, he, he he's trying. He's yeah. trying. Shout out to the chat that says they sent CM Punk to Raw to keep Roderick Strong debuted on the raps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got our TBS champion Jade Cargill, fifty-five and zero. She gets the graphic and everything on the screen, up against. Taya Valkyrie. Now, Taya has the same kind of finisher that Jade has. Taya is called uh, the, the, the Road to Valhalla, and she cannot use the finish. If she uses the finish, she's going to get DQ'd. So that's kind of one of the gimmicks of this match. This was absolutely the most competitive match Jade Cargill I can remember being mm-hmm. in, uh, both uh, having to sell and being on the defensive, plus the, t- the length of the match. Um, ultimately, though, it comes down to Taya... Looks like she's going to try to hit this, but she gets disappointed where she can't hit it. She kind of you know pulls back, and Jade takes that moment of doubt and uh, what have you and rolls her up to get the win, moves to 56-0. and 0. Issa, does Jade Cargill's 56-0 and 0 mean anything to you, or is this a very trumped-up uh, winning streak? Has it, has, it, has it been too manufactured, I guess? Where, where are you on the Jade Cargill stock? I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle. I used to be all in. I don't know that she's being booked. I will say today was the first time that I saw a legit threat in a long time. 
every time that I seen her wrestle before this, I always, I was 100% certain that she was going to win. Uh, there was something about Taya Valkyrie, maybe because I like her and I was looking, rooting for her a little bit. Uh, this is the best that she's looked competitive-wise. I mean, there was a couple of slow spots in the match, but when she hit that Canadian Destroyer, I was like, have we ever seen Jay do that before? Like, Which should be a finish. Yes. Yeah, correct. Thank you. Correct. And um, so, so I will say this: I I would like to see her go against competition that feels like actual threats because it does make her more interesting. Before mm -hmm. that, she was wrestling against people that I was like, "Yeah, Jade wins. What's next?" Tonight, I was watching the match because I actually did think that Taya had a chance of beating her. Do that more often. We'll be invested in her again because again, she looks like a million dollars. She's got the it factor, mm -hmm. but you're just booking her against a bunch of people that we know what the result is. So yeah. Uh, Jimmy, as, as the referee here, mm -hmm. um, what do you do? You like the gimmick of you can't use this finish because obviously it takes, you know, it takes the biggest bullet out of the chamber for Taya. Right. So her losing does kind of protect her still because she couldn't use her finish. Right. Um, I, what, what do you make of this? Uh, because I, I, I'm 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 really torn. I think I kind of like what he's saying. I mm -hmm. think Jade looks like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think she's a I think she's a performer worth protecting, mm -hmm. but I also don't know out of, again, now she's 56 and Oh, like I, 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 I don't know. Is she ready? Is she ready for like, w when is the payoff? I guess. And yeah. is she ready? Is she ready for said payoff? Uh, you, no, this thing is going okay so far, but the, the to your original point about the, the stipulation for the match where she can't use her finish in the match, that makes absolute zero sense where you can't use a legal move. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me jump in real quick. So Jade does have; they are consistent with this. Jade has her Mark Sterling, the lawyer. So you, I don't like legal stuff, but at least it's like I guess it's a. She has a lawyer always in her camp, and he's always right. there at ringside. So I, so right. I, I don't love it, but it, it does it does play. It works. He did yeah. have a very funny like commercial on on Twitter yeah. that that yeah. popped me a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I like it because it, 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 it protects Taya. I like. That's yeah, all I, like. I, I get that, but it, it didn't work for me. I did. It took. It took. Like you said, it took. It took a bullet out of the chamber for her. Yeah, you know. So that, so, what, that, that's, so so and if she had like another finish that she had used on television, where yeah. you could say she could hit her with either one. Okay. Or is and this then, where she is this where she debuts a new finish like a Canadian destroyer? Exactly. <laughs> right. But and then lose to to you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my uh, god! You know, yeah. with the 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 roll up of death. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So we're so we're so we're approaching double or nothing. Jade's been champion for four hundred and thirty something days, so well over a year. Like, I mean, like, where where do we think that Tony has the end game booked for Jade? Like, does does he have no. it circle? No. Does he he doesn't have it circled on the calendar? Okay, Wembley. He's gonna lose. She's gonna lose to blank. Like. No, I think I think uh, I agree with you, Issa. I think he's playing it by ear and thinking we're gonna run with this thing as long as it goes. And then when he feels when he feels the time is right, he's gonna he's gonna pull the rug out from under her. Is this when that is? Who knows? But uh, uh, I don't think there's an end game in sight. Let's put it that way. So when we started this Jade run, I thought, okay, this is this is uh, the gimmick is. To keep Jade and Britt apart for as long as possible, and Britt beats her, right? But I now, as I look at the summertime, and if, if we build this Wembley show, and Britt's all 
tied up with the outcasts or what have you. I don't think that's okay. so now it's like uh is the next stop that we're gonna keep Jade doing this until like until they can sign uh Mercedes Monet? You know, like like what I really am wondering what is if, if they have, if they have a plan for I don't have a plan for not just Jade, any of the women. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is your nine thirty match. That's done. All right, main event time. Kenny Omega and uh Kenoshe Takeshita up against Butcher and the Blade. Uh there's so much that happens here in a matter of like can i just point out that in the beginning i'm sorry to interrupt you but in the beginning of the show they said darby and sammy were the main event go back and watch it if you guys dvr it go back at the beginning when when orange cassidy is coming out and they're introducing you to aw they said that that match was the main event and at some point something happened or the announcers got it wrong either way i was very confused because the pacing of this show was a little off in the way that it went well and what I thought too is the pacing in the first hour was kind of like they let much some, better. They let some things breathe, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second hour they just yeah, just, yeah, was, was supersonic speed. I was like, get everything in. Yeah, it was like, what's yeah. going on here? Exactly. Um, all right, so much happens here, and it when you rush, you don't benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. But Correct. here we go. Um, Takeshita wins with the running knee. Now Brian Danison's on commentary this entire time. He's kind of selling the whole thing as Takeshita is a professional, has potential, should follow the Blackpool Combat Club, Omega, amateur, washed up, whatever. Takeshita wins. Brian gets on the mic, talks about how Takeshita is a pro wrestler. Omega is just living off the legacy they built in Japan. (laughs) Blackpool Combat Club attacks them. Young Bucks come out to try to even the score. Omega's going to attack Moxley. The way that the Blackpool Combat Club has been doing people, Takeshita kind of stops it. Mm-hmm. Blackpool Combat Club attacks Takeshita. Then they end up taking the screwdriver to him. A whole lot of like who's on what side, what have you. They 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 are really pushing up against the time. They, they I think they went to ten oh one at least by my clock. Right. Um, so a little over. Um, uh, Jimmy, I mean, I, I I guess so. I guess Jimmy, the story here is even if it wasn't told to breathe. Is whose side is Takeshita really on? Yeah, exactly. I guess that's what they were trying to get across here. But it, it, it and, and you know, when they did push Takeshita into Omega, obviously Omega now thinks that Takeshita took him out. Is that where they're going to go with this thing? But it, it just felt too, a little too convoluted. It's like the who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. And who's the shortstop? We don't give a darn. You know what I mean? It just. Uh, it's it, it, too convoluted. Was if it if if it came off this way because they rushed it, maybe that's why it didn't come off as well as it possibly could have if they had a little more time to actually let the again let things breathe and marinate. And that's the biggest problem that I have with their shows on Wednesday nights. Sometimes is that they don't let stuff breathe, right. and that's what I got from the ending of this match. It just felt everything was like get it in, get it in, get it in. Yeah, Issa, as we uh, sometimes uh, mull over Monday Night Raw being three hours and too long, sometimes it feels like AEW could benefit for at least another 15 minutes on their shows because they just uh, they, they push things to the edge. Or they could uh, cut a lot of bull crap that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, give it to me. I mean, is, is, is this is, is Takeshita advanced in your mind in the story here? No. Yeah. 
Not at all. Um, I don't understand why the Butcher and the Blade were in the main event. I don't understand why this match happened. Um, raise your hand if you forgot that Kenny Omega is the IWGP US champ. Because a lot of people did until he came out with that title tonight because they never talk about it and he hasn't been doing anything singles in a while. I uh, forgot I forgot Kip Sabian was employed by them. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> Damn, I thought I was being mean. No, but seriously. Uh, um, he was no, like heavily I, featured when AEW launched because he was on their right, I much, remember that. much thinner roster now. Correct. <laughs> when it was an alternative, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, no, but I don't I, I think maybe it was because it was rushed. Maybe the match didn't need to see to be as long. Maybe you could have yeah. cut the match a little bit short and why are they struggling with this team? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that this did anything for anyone. They caught um, Takeshita bleeding. Um, if you caught it, you caught it. But they caught him bleeding. This this production or the camera. You guys know a little bit more about that than I do. They need to do a better job with that because this happens way too often. It, 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 I mean, it, it looks like it's the fault of the of the people in the truck for taking the camera shot to take. It's communication. I, it was clearly not communicated to the truck that he's going to to do. But you what can see did. it like it's common sense. Like he's about well, to get stabbed yeah. in the face with a screwdriver. Even if you're no. just standing there as a camera, like I, I don't the, the, know. I guess the, the, the camera people are not the same ones calling the shots. Like it, you it's, said, it's, but... it's, a, it's a communication issue. That's yeah. not being right. Yeah. If you're getting stabbed with a screwdriver, I expect to see some blood. So go elsewhere while we do the damn thing. And they also mm -hmm. maybe need to be faster at it too. Or to stop doing it. Maybe we don't need to. <laughs> I mean, is Takeshita bleeding gonna? Is that? Is it, do we? Do we just... needs, yeah, Moxley needs to teach a class on how to how to bleed by just no, staring at We've called him playing his day. <laughs> yeah, we have. He's maybe, actually the guiltiest of them all. Maybe, maybe did did did, did Takeshita's blood tonight just sell a double nothing pay per view? No. Bye. <laughs> No, it, it all happened so fast. It was barely bleeding, and the announcers were the one trying to say, "Like, look at the blood," because they needed to go off the air. Like the whole thing was rushed. I, yeah, whatever, whatever. I, I don't, I, 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 I don't know where he stands. I guess that's what they were trying to go with this, but I didn't care either. Yeah, so, I mean, he's uh, been with them for like a week. So why would I care if he turns on them right now or not? You didn't even build a relationship with him being part of the elite. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not invested. He hasn't, he's not elite yet. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe you need to watch Being the Elite or Dark Elevated or one of the other ones. They'll, they'll... What is Hangman Page? Huh? All right. There, there's a lot. There's a lot, uh, I, you know. There's a there's a lot to be desired for. Like, are are we are we invested as much as we should be for certain things? The MJF against the Pillars is there, but the 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 flaw is everybody knows what the finish line is. <laughs> MJF retains this. He's not. Yeah, working. of course. So we'll. But say, I will uh, say, I'm having fun with the swerve on that story. Yeah, it's it's the most creative that they've tried to be. Yeah, we'll right. see. Uh, Bear Hudson with the super chat saying, I want to thank Justin and Issa when my daughter passed because of cancer. You guys lifted my spirits up. My daughter loved this podcast and you guys. Uh, so thank you, Bear. Uh, sorry. Love you, Bear. Sorry for... Uh, that's that's hard to react to. Sorry for your loss, but thank you for the nice, yes. nice Definitely. comments. Definitely. 
We're always so. happy to be able to to help and provide distractions. Real life is hard. Wrestling should not be. This is for distraction and to help us escape reality. Mm-hmm. And Issa and Jimmy are both wearing pink. We're escaping reality. It's over here for yes. us. It's just go. you just didn't want to be cool like us. Well, uh... <laughs> oh, I got to get this one. Uh, oh, not that one. Hang on. Uh, where, where'd it go? <laughs> oh, here, here we go. <laughs> M- MJF earlier in the night said that Darby is going to use his tears to j- <laughs> to play with himself while listening to My Chemical Romance. And I tweeted, I bet oh, you My man. Chemical Romance has an increase in downloads tomorrow. Mark my words. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so thank you, Ethan Curtis. Yeah. Well, there it's begun. There it has begun. Mm-hmm. All right, that was AEW Dynamite coming to you tonight from Sunrise, Florida, as they are on the road to Double or Nothing. They're on the longer road to Forbidden Door, the longer road to a Saturday show appearing in a longer road to CM Punk returning. Uh, what could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, Issa, ladies first. Give me your final thoughts, your final words, and your suit, and your, uh, your, your plugs. Uh, that 6.30 by Sammy was the highlight of tonight's episode. It was beautiful. I wanted to see a replay immediately. Awesome stuff. But it's funny because of the discussion online about not going out there and doing more than what you have to. I thought there was a lot of wrestling that happened just to happen. And but good wrestling, I guess. I don't need I don't think that a lot of stories are best tonight. That's my final thoughts. You guys can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can find me on Lucha Libre Online. You can find me on my own YouTube channel. You can find me on Know Your News, Yellow Jackets Bus. You can find me everywhere basically. And next weekend a backlash. Issa, to, oh yeah, next week in a backlash, that, that'll be big. Uh, to to our, our, our bilingual uh, listeners listening, can you give a very um, uh, encouraging and sexy uh, promotion to, to like and follow and promote this podcast uh, in Espanol, please? <laughs> Para las personas que estén viendo este podcast en vivo, déjenos un like, nos dejen un comentario y si no, vayan a Apple Podcast y nos dejan uh, saber qué mucho les gustan. Les dicen que yo soy la favorita de ustedes y que no les gusta más nadie. Ok, gracias. What she said. I just hit the mm-hmm. SAP button. What she said. Exactly. Love it. I love it. Uh, Jimmy, can you give me a Canadian plug? <laughs> and, and Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tonight, eh? It was a, it was a, it, there were some good moments, eh? But they, they, I just wish that they let these great moments breathe a little bit, eh? You know, like, like, a, like a nice poutine, you know. But anyway, yeah. Um, it, it, like, like I said, it was, it was, there were some great moments. The entering stuff was good, but some execution and some little things. Again, the little things do matter. And that's what they have to really, really work at. But, as far as myself, you can find me on here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights, and you can catch me on Wednesdays on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother and stripes, Brian Hebner, and RJ is a young man who hosts the show with for us and, and does all the great work. And this week we had none other than the former world's strongest man, Ken Patera, on with us. And again, you can catch me on all my social media platforms or anti-social media platforms, whatever you want to call it, with my Reffing Rants from Monday to Friday. Again, Trying to have a little fun with it, with little critiques to help tighten the screws, not tear it down. Very good. Uh, at Justin Labar, unverified at the moment. Maybe that'll change in a matter of hours. Uh, like, subscribe to the podcast. I'm here on Wednesdays, here on Mondays, uh, on many Fridays on Busted Open Radio. Uh, appreciate all the love. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all the things. 
that you do. Uh, so she did Spanish. He did Canadian. Uh, for my 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 fellow Southern Maryland uh, fans, uh, y'all subscribe to the podcast. To all my Pittsburghies, uh, Pittsburghers speaking Pittsburghese, Yin's gotta subscribe right now. Bottom line: tell a friend, tell a friend, do a thing, uh, comment, like, subscribe. Be back with us every single night. We are here uh, helping to let you escape from the real world. That is the real world. We're all about some funny pro wrestling. Uh, Until next time, be good, be safe. We're out of here. Take care, E. He just left us, left us. I think so. I know. He has to end the show. You know that, right? So we're still live on air. (laughs) It is now time for the Wrestling Inc. Pink. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.